We celebrate you. Welcome to Lofty Heights Christian Center, a ministry that exists to raise kingdom influencers. As a church, we emphasize three things. The Word, the integrity of it and its ability to transform, the Holy Spirit, His power and demonstration of the same, and love. Love for God, for yourself, and for others. You are about to experience God's undiluted Word from God's servant. Get ready for a transformation. The things that were not, they became as a result of the word. Hallelujah. Last week Sunday, I took us part two of the message, Wonders of the Word. And I taught us in that teaching how you can provoke, you know, the word to produce results in your life by exercising or the abuse of the force of faith. I said to us that faith is not for meditation, faith is for, is for declaration. You meditate on the word of the Lord. You don't meditate on faith. Faith is for confession, not for thinking, not for meditation. Hallelujah. When a man meditates on God's word long enough, what, that, what happens is the word produces faith in the man. Hallelujah. Bible says in Romans chapter number 10 from verse number 17, it says, faith therefore comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of the Lord. I remember also telling us, you know, about the need to chew. Another word for meditation is to chew. And the Lord, by the help of His Spirit, gave us a significant insight into what it means to chew the word. And I did say to us that chewing on the word, unlike your chewing gum, when you put a gum in your mouth and you begin to chew, you savour all the flavours, you know, of the gum, ASAP. But with the word of the Lord, it does not happen that way. It is the more you chew on the word, the more flavored you get. The longer the word, you know, is chewed upon, the more flavor you get. Hallelujah. So this morning, I brought you this message titled, What Does the Word Say? And I'm going to be using this teaching this morning to wrap up the series on the third treasure box. What does the word say? Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. In the scripture we read in the book of Matthew chapter number 4. One of the reasons why I said we should read the length of the verses 1 to 11 was for us to fully understand how the devil, you know, tempted Jesus. Bible says that the Lord Jesus, our Lord and Savior, was led by the Spirit. Hallelujah. In other words, he was led by God himself to be tempted of the devil. It wasn't Jesus' desire for him to have himself tempted by the devil. It wasn't just that the devil just wanted to tempt Jesus. But God himself by his spirit made that provision. You know that the devil may have be the, 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 the opportunity you know, to, to tempt the Lord. And why did he have to be tempted? He had to be tempted such that he could bear in physical sense of it the temptations that we all would face on the face of the earth. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. That is the reason why the author of the book of Hebrew could say that we do not have a high priest who is not moved by the feelings of our infirmities. He says, as we are being tempted, it's the same way the Lord, you know, was tempted. If you go through that scripture, Matthew chapter number 4 from verses number 1 to 11, you would see all the temptations that the devil brought against the person of Jesus. All the temptations the devil brought unto Jesus. They are broadly divided into three. Lord Lost of the flesh, lost of the eyes, and pride of life. But there is something very significant in that verses of the scripture that we just read. You would see that Jesus, being God himself and being the word, he did not shut his mouth against the temptations of the devil. 
For every attack the devil launched against Jesus, Jesus had a corresponding scripture to counter it. Glory to God. Display that banner for this service for me, please. Let's, let's, let me show something very quickly. The writer of this banner says, Aligning the situations of your life or your life situations to God's word. The devil tempted Jesus, but Jesus didn't sh shut his mouth. Every temptation that he faced with the devil, he had a scripture to back it up. He countered every device of the devil by word, by the scripture. He just was not saying this and that. He was saying, it is written. Amen. He was declaring, it is written. Okay, now, you would have expected that the devil, you know, knowing Jesus for who Jesus, you know, is, and that Jesus is God, upon tempting Jesus once, twice, that he would then, you know, give up. No, he doesn't give up that easily. Glory to Jesus. He doesn't do what? He doesn't give up that easily. If he did that to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, how much more you? Align in life situations to God's word. What does the word say? Or what does the scripture say? Or what does God say? I taught us as a ministry. Every situation of life. Pleasant or unpleasant. The highs, the lows. The loss, the pluses. The valley, the mountain. Everything's got a corresponding scripture to tackle them. Take a look for example. Bible says in verse number 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Verse 3 says, Now when the tempter, that the devil came to him, he said, If you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Jesus could have said, Stone become bread. Jesus could have said, I created the stone and I can command it to become bread. No, see what he did. In verse number four, it says, But he answered and said, It is written. He says, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Bible says in verse number 5 it says then in other words after that face left Bible says then in verse number 5 then the devil took him up into the holy city set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him if you are the son of God throw yourself down for it is written this was the devil now quoting the scripture you know throw yourself down it says for it is written he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. What does that say to you? The devil himself knows the scripture. <gasps> so okay, now it is written already that if you, he will give his angels charge over you lest you dash your foot against a stone. Okay, so from the pinnacle that you are right now, since he has given his angels charge over you, let's test that. You just jump from that place and validate the word. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. See, we don't do things because the devil wants us to do them. 
<laughs> Glory to God. You do them because the Lord has asked you to do them. You don't give the devil the leeway in your life to tell you what should be and what should not be. You've got the power and the capacity to determine and to decide that this is what is going to be and that is it. You see, as we continue to journey through life, we would face trials and temptations. There'd be unpleasant situations. Things may not be going the way you plan. Many of you under the sound of my voice right now. Maybe maritally you are due for marriage, nothing is happening. Maybe you are even married, but there is no peace, no joy in your home. Maybe career-wise you are stagnated or you are retrogressing. Maybe you're trusting God for the fruit of the womb and that's not coming. Maybe you're so heavily indebted that you're praying that the heavens will just open up. The question you should ask yourself is this. Concerning that situation, what does the word say? In John chapter number 1 from verse number 1, Bible speaking according to the you know, account of John, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So when I say, what does the word say? I'm saying, what does God say? I taught us as a ministry that the written word is God's voice unto man. This again is the reason why no believer should say, I cannot hear God's voice. You know, I'm confused and I don't know what God is saying. No, you are lying. You've just not read the scripture. You've not read it. You've not read it. That's why. The written word is God's voice unto man. I'm not saying that it's not possible for you to be confused. Not to know exactly what to do. But to say that that situation does not have an alignment in the word. That's a lie. What God starts, God finishes. And you see, one of the beautiful things you must know about your God and my God is that he does not leave his own people in the dark. He does not leave them stranded. Bible says, I've inscribed you on the palms of my hands. He says, your walls are continually before me. What does the word say? The devil can overpower you. He can make a mess of your life because he knows you don't know what the word says concerning the situation. What does the word say? What do you desire and what does the word say concerning that situation? If you keep on reading the same Matthew chapter number 4, you would see all the temptations that the Lord Jesus faced. And you'd see, at no point did the Lord, you know, say anything contrary to what the word says. Because the same devil will lead you into sin. I mean, he quoted the scripture unto God, unto Jesus. So it will be the same one who would say to you, okay, now that sin is very pleasurable, you know, but it is also written anyways, that all your sins, if you confess them, Jesus will forgive you. So no, so then go ahead and, and fall into the sin. It's a lie from the pit of hell. See, he's lost the control to tell you what should be and what should not be in your life. Mandala Gerabushit. In 2 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 16 to 19. Let's see that. 2 Peter 1 from 16 to 19. Peter speaking here says, For we did not follow cunningly 
devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Glory to Jesus. Please move on. He says, for you received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Then in the next verse it says, and we heard his voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Verse 19 now. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. Another King James translation calls it a sure word of prophecy. Peter was saying here that the things we've told you about the Lord and it's the capacity of his word to save you. The things we have taught you about the gospel, the things we've revealed to you about Jesus, they were not fables. We didn't cook them up. Peter was saying, I was there when John baptized him. I was there when the heaven opened and we all heard the voice from heaven declaring, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So Peter was saying again that we have a more sure word of prophecy than whatsoever thing that you can face. Because the word of the Lord, you know, cannot be broken. Glory to Jesus. The word has the capacity to turn darkness into light. It has the capacity because the more man is filled with the word, the brighter the man shines. So when the word is spoken concerning the situation, it's saying, light be. <laughs> Glory to God. The meaning is light be. So the more man dwells on the word, the more light it becomes. And the less darkness, you know, can overpower him or they can come against him. Glory to Jesus. In Acts chapter number 20, verse number 32. Can I have that in Amplified Classic Version? Acts chapter number 20, verse number 32. Paul speaking to the elders, you know, in the church in Ephesus. Look at what he said to them. He says, and now brethren, I commit you to God. I deposit you in his charge. And trusting you to his protection and care. And I commend you to the word of his grace. Glory to God. I commend you to what? To the word of his grace. He says, to the commands and counsels and promises of his unmerited favor. He says, because it is able to build you up and to give you your rightful inheritance among all God set apart once. Those consecrated, purified, and transformed of soul. Meaning that, the word of the Lord has the capacity to build man. As the word dwells in man, and as man chews and feeds on the word, man's eyes of understanding begins to become enlightened to the inheritances already made available for those of them who are in Christ Jesus. Now you say, listen to this very carefully. Those inheritances, they were not to be made. They already made. They're already there. It is through the word, by koinonia, by intimacy with God through the word, that the eyes of your understanding become enlightened, that you then be able to lay hold on the things that God has made available for you through his word. What does the word say? What does the word say? In John chapter number 17, verse number 17, Jesus speaking to his disciples, praying to the Father, says, 
Sanctify them by your truth. It says, thy word is truth. You know what that means? Sanctify them by your truth. Thy word is truth. It simply means that the word also has a purifying capacity. So when you feel dirty, when you feel condemned, when you feel unloved, when you feel, when you feel, when the devil makes you feel that, oh, you're, you're, you're stinking, you cannot, you know, do anything with the Lord, or you cannot come into the Lord's presence. Jesus is saying here that the word of the Lord has the capacity to sanctify man, to cleanse man, to consecrate man, to set man aside. The Greek word there, sanctify, is the Greek word agiazo. It means to cleanse. He means to cleanse by the word. Sanctify them by your truth. He says, for your word is truth. Hallelujah. In that Matthew chapter number 4, I love the verse number 11 so very much. Please give me verse 11, new uh, message translation. Verse 11, message translation. Take a look at it. Look at the way the message put it. It did not say, go back to NKJV first, a second. If you check NKJV and all that scriptures, all that versions rather, they say to you that then the devil left, left him. See, then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and ministered to him. See what message translation had to say. It says the test was over. See, the devil has no capacity to tempt you beyond necessary. He has no capacity to hold you bound beyond necessary. He had no grace, he has no grace to hold you bound beyond necessary. Bible says the test was over. I don't know exactly what test you're facing in your life. In whatever phase of your life it is. Can you be like Jesus this morning and stand on the more sure word of prophecy and stand on the word, having the assurance that the word does not fail, the word does not lie, the word does not change, and watch how the test is going to be over. It's not going to be forever, but you've got to stand. You know, many years ago when the devil swam at me, the Lord told me, the earlier you comport yourself and pass through this phase of life that you're in, the quicker I'm able to bring you out. You know one of the reasons why many of you are still bound? It's simply because you're not giving the Lord the room to cleanse you, to purify you like he wants to do. Bible says it's like a refiner fire. When he takes you through the fire, it is not to burn you. No, he doesn't take you through the fire to get you burnt. No, he doesn't do that. He takes you through the fire to purify you. Such that by the time you come out, when an iron or a gold or a, a, a jewelry of substance is thrown into the fire it is the more it is burnt with the fire it is the more beautiful it glows the more beautiful it becomes that's what the lord does with the mess in our lives romans chapter number eight from verse number 28 he says he causes all things all things all things all things to work together for the good of those who love god and those who are the called according to his purpose the lord desires to get you out he wants you but stop being too heady 
allow him the leeway let him know i'm holding on to your word your word says this and this is the standard for my life that is what he wants to hear he wants to hear the more and the earlier you make that available and the earlier you begin to trust him and begin to let him know that it's truly your god and except it dwells and except it comes into your situation you are doomed the earlier you see your miracle see there is no test Huh? There is no test that a believer should face on earth that should be with the believer forever. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 17 to 18. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 to 18. This is before our light affliction. Before our light affliction. He called the light. He called the light. He says, before our light affliction, which is bad for a moment. It is bad for a moment. It is bad for a moment. If it passes a moment, something else is wrong. Not with the world, but with you. The devil understands that you are enjoying it. That's why. I cringe when I see sisters and brothers of marriageable ages and nothing is happening. I cringe when I see the devil, you know, making a mess of people's careers. I cringe when I see the devil, you know, making a mess of people's destiny. You should be the light of the world. You've now become a sympathizer with the devil. You know, in my lineage, my father, my fa fa father's father, you know, that's the way he was, you know. That sickness is just always been, you know. My asthma is back. You know, you know, my headache, my headache, my headache is back again. I don't know what to do to my headache. No, it's not leaving you because you're personalizing it. You love it. You love it. That's why. That's why. But for a light affliction, which is bad for a moment, bad for a moment, bad for a moment. See, the period the Lord opened my eyes. That he does not tempt man with evil. The devil lost the hold over my destiny. You know how you're going through turbulent times. And people will say, you know, God is just testing you. You know that sickness in your body? The Lord just wants you, you know, to develop faith. And, you know, he just wants to see if you're faithful. You know, then some preachers would then also remind you of the story of Job. Because the Bible says that the devil took permission from the Lord before he afflicted Job. Right? And the Lord said, okay, now go afflict my servant Job, but do not touch his life. Do not touch his soul, but you're free to touch on every other thing. But don't touch his soul. So Job lost everything he had. His children, his possessions, his donkeys, everything. He lost everything. So they carry the situations of your life to become the similitude of the life and times of Job. And saying, just like Job, the Lord is just trying to test you. Listen. The reason why Job's case was the way Job's case was was because Job had elevated himself in righteousness to the equal of God. That was in Job's days. Job was not saved. Job did not have a savior. Job did not have a redeemer. 
Job had nobody who is moved with the feelings of his infirmities. Nobody had died on behalf of Job for the things that Job suffered. Nobody. Job knew nothing. Job didn't see God in the flesh walk on the face of the earth. Okay now, should I shock you? Job did not have the spirit of the living God in him. So how won't the devil afflict? But you carry God on your inside. So when the situations of life comes, which I'm very certain they are going to come, they would hit in different perspectives. Your question should then be, what does the word say? Did the wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not be weak. They shall run and not faint. Teach me, Lord. What does the word say? What does the word say? Or do you know what the word say, but you're not believing what the word say? Or you just don't know what the word say? Or you feel you've held on to what the word says so much that right now nothing is making sense anymore. I told us last week Sunday, the word of the Lord is truer than the situation of your life. The written word, the written word uh, is way more powerful than whatsoever thing that is happening in your life. Do you know what the word says? You're a student under the sound of my voice. What word are you living on in respect to your academics? You're a career person under the sound of my voice. What word are you living on in respect to your career? You're a business person under the sound of my voice. What is the word that the Lord has given you concerning the situation? When the chips are down, Many people are very quick, you know, to go speak to people and go seek counsel. Counsel is very beautiful. It should be sought. Because even the Bible teaches us that in the multitudes of counsels, the Bible says there is safety. But you know that you should know what the word says before you begin to seek for counsel. Such that when you're not being counseled right, you would know. Glory to Jesus. You should know what the word says before you begin to seek counsel. So that when the counsel is not in alignment with the word of the Lord, you'd know what does the word say. Before you begin to feel worthless because of one silly guy, one silly babe who broke your heart, what does the word say? Before you take it in, then nothing good can ever come out of your life. What? does the word say before you accept the verdict of the devil that you are indeed doomed and your mates have gone ahead of you what does the word say because you take it before you take it that it's the reality of the people in your family and it is generational what does the word say it may be the lot of them in your family. But you see, 
in Christ Jesus, you become a new creation. So, you're no longer born by flesh. You've been born by the Spirit. And if you are new, you are indeed new. Meaning that that family with the generational curses, generational addiction, they no longer have hold on you. How can they have a hold on you if indeed you're new? <coughs> Before you believe the lies of the devil, that nothing good can ever come out of your life. What does the word say? Before you suck, take it in and accept from him the fact that academically you're just, you're just a dullard. What does the word say? You know, what affects the destiny of many people and makes it tough for them to hold on to the reality of Jesus is actually their whole bringing. The terrible things they've suffered in the past. Some of the negative words that have been altered on you. The one who looked at you and described to you with unprinted names. The father, the mother who should validate you, but ended up invalidating you. What does the word say? Are you willing to elevate God's word? Above every other thing anybody says concerning your life. What does the word say? You see, this that I'm teaching you this morning is also the reason or one of the reasons why <clears throat> I don't enjoy being validated. If the Lord used me for you, tell me thank you. That's fine if you want to. Some of you sow seeds into my life. God bless you for that. But you see, I don't thrive on that. Because the praise of man is vain. If their praise get into your head, then their abuse would also get into your head. But if you can, if you can receive their praise and throw it back onto God, you did it. You're the reason why it appears as though I did it. Same way when the hurls, you know, abuses and curses at you, you throw it back again at him. But you've not learned how not to allow the praises of man, the good things they say into you, to get into your heart and control your life. It's the reason why you feel worthless when they alter nasty things towards you. About two years ago in 2019, I was contacted by a university in one of the African countries, actually in Benin Republic, Kutono. And the dean of their faculty reached out to me. Some of you heard the testimony or you heard about it. And they said they wanted to confirm me an honorary doctorate degree. For the incredible things I've been doing in respect to leadership, raising young leaders in Nigeria, in Africa actually, as a result of Lofty Heights Conference. You would expect me to jump at it, right? You'd expect, I mean, I mean, Dr. Pastor Wale Tejima. Sounds right, right? No, I was not to pay anything. Honorary doctorate degree to be all conferred on me. What if I tell you that up until this moment, I have not given it a deeper thought? 
I'm going to take it when the Lord releases me to go and take it. But I needed the Lord also to also know I'm not preaching the gospel, transforming lives, touching souls for fame of men. So, two months ago, three months ago, they're about, they reached out to me yet again and said, Coach, another convocation is coming. Are you sure you don't want to be part of this? Then they told me, you know, listed eminent Nigerians that they were conferring a honorary doctorate degree upon. I said, no, not now. About two months ago, a senior friend of mine reached out to me and said, they're looking for a president CEO of Nigerian Canada Economic Forum. And they've looked around, they found that I'm a perfect fit for it. That it's something I'd enjoy because of my background and my pedigree. That all they wanted was for me to just use my skills, my expertise, you know, and my experiences to just make things happen for them. I was happy. She had been trusting God for an exit from eight to five. So I was thinking, yeah, Lord, this is it. Lord, thank you. Now, this is a title that would take me into Asorok. Dining, whining, living and thriving with governors, commissioners and ministers in Nigeria and in other African nations. But I didn't have a release in my spirit. And I kept asking, Lord, what would you have me do? And the Lord said to me, I've not asked you to become the president CEO of Nigerian Canada Economic Forum. I've called you to preach the gospel. When the fame of man gets into your head, you begin to crave more fame. You begin to crave more words. You begin to crave more, more, more validations from them. You begin to crave more titles. That's why you feel bad when people don't tell you you look good. Because you've not learned to look good the way good God says you are. What does the word say? What does the word say? Before you believe what people say or what people are saying concerning you, what does the word say? My life is the way my life is because I live and thrive on the word. Isaiah 26 verse number 3. Isaiah chapter number 26 verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace. He whose heart is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That's my email signature. If you send me email, walletejumadi at gmail.com, I don't care who you are. That's my signature. It rules my life. Much more than what man can say to me. Many have been torn into pieces. You know, on Wednesday, I think it was this Wednesday, during Bible and midweek service retreat, I gave a word of knowledge concerning someone the Lord says, you know, was feeling worthless. You take a look at yourself in the mirror and you feel you're so horrible, you're so, you know, you know, terribly looking. And the Lord wanted to validate. You know why? Why people, you know, feel that way? It's because people told them they've looked that way. You hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? No. It registered in you that you are worthless because people told you you are worthless. What does the word say? 
as a student many years ago, I saw the light in Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, they are thought of good and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. That scripture settled my future. What does the word say? You have a career. What does the word say? What word has the Lord given you? I have learned to trust in God's word. To hold on to it like a lifeline. It doesn't matter what's happening around me. I judge him faithful. Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 23. The writer of the book of Hebrews says, Let us hold fast to the confessions of our faith. He says, without wavering. He says, because faithful is he who has promised. The confessions of our faith is what the word says. Hold fast to the confessions of our faith. It says without wavering. Meaning, it is possible to waver. It says because faithful is the one who has promised. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus. Rise up on your feet this morning. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to know upon his promise, just to know, just to know, for says the Lord Jesus, 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 how I trust him, how I proved him. Love this verse it says I'm so glad I learned to trust take a look at the script precious Jesus Savior friend and I know that bowed the only thing that I have for you concerning that situation it's the word of the Lord that songwriter says it's so sweet to trust in him he says to take him at his word to take him at his word he says I have proved him over and over I've proved him over and over that he's faithful 
if he did it then he's gonna do it again as you journey through this week continue to ask yourself what does the word say we don't like bringing our services to a close in lofty heights without giving someone an opportunity to have a relationship with the Lord so you're under the sound of my voice this morning you've not accepted the Lordship of Jesus would you please say these prayers after me dear father I thank you for your word that has gone forth to me I repent of my sins I declare you as my Lord and my Savior please save me rescue me make me yours forever fill me with your spirit saturate my heart with your love in Jesus name Amen we trust God that this ministration blessed your life tremendously do share your testimony and experience with us by emailing us at hello at myloftyheightsglobal.org. For more life-transforming messages from our ministry, please visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also stay connected with us across our social media platforms at My Lofty Heights. To give to our ministry, please visit our website. We love you, we honor you, and we celebrate you.